Welcome back to Home Design Chat with Nancy. If you're remodeling or building a new home, you don't want to miss these podcasts. We share information about every component of your home. You'll learn about tile, appliances, cabinets, paint, flooring, lighting. Yes, we cover it all. Today is March 23rd, and if you are a... a uh, listener of mine, or if you're a subscriber, you know that I catalog everything by date. So, and we've been doing this for five years. Wow, time's flying by. Today, my special guest is Liz Baker, and she is the owner of Willis Baker Designs. Liz has been with us before, and she talked about um, what to look for when you're buying furniture. But today, she's going to help us accessorize a room. How many of you guys have completed a project, you've got the furniture, but you just aren't quite there yet because you need the accessories, and that's just a, a whole talent in itself. So that's where we're going to lean on Liz and see if she can help us with accessorizing. Hey, Liz, thanks for joining me again. Hi, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, well, you're the expert on accessories. I know we've talked about this before. So I'm going to, to start with, describe a house with a living room that's just, um, I guess they just moved in and they put the couch and two chairs where they think it should be. And that's it. Let's say the couches are gray and the walls are white and that's it. Go from there. Tell us what to do. Uh, well, that makes it very easy since everything's neutral. Uh, you might want to add color or different shades of neutral, depending on your personality and your taste of what you like. And um, the next step I would say would be to add things that are, are practical, that are useful. You you only have a couch or sofa, whichever one you want to call it, and um two chairs. So you're going to need some tables and some soft accessories and some art. When I say soft accessories, I'm thinking, oh, you might need some throw pillows. They don't just look good. They're very useful. You can lean your arm on them. You can lay on them. Um, you might be watching a movie and uh, you know, just curling up with a pillow is, is great. So I like to make sure everything's pretty useful. Uh, occasionally there'll be some special pieces that you just want to look at and not really touch. But um, for the most part, having useful items is great. Uh, like a lamp, a lamp. So you can see, uh, I also like lamps for mood lighting rather than just having a, a harsh overhead light. It's great to have some uh, table lamps or floor lamps to uh, make things, uh, you know, just just a, a softer lighting, I could say. Movie lighting. lighting. I guess you can have mood lighting <laughs> and um, maybe a three-way lamp switch where you can read so you can yes. turn it up. I have one on a, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. I have one on a dimmer. Uh, and so when we, my husband and I watch movies, we'll say movie lighting and turn it way down. So you just have this little glow of the, of the lamps uh, to offset the TV screen. Yeah. So um, how important yeah. is it to have, uh, if you had a sofa on a wall with um, a table on each side of the sofa, do you have to have a lamp on each table? You don't. Um, it just sort of depends on um, what strikes your fancy. If you like symmetry, 
having two lamps that match each other on either side of your sofa on matching tables is a great way to go. If you're a little more loosey goosey and you like things a little, a little more uh, crazy, uh, you know, and fun, you might have a tall or, or a tall floor lamp on one side, leaning over a table and then, uh, or with no table on one side and then another one uh, on the other side. Uh, table lamp on a little table. And I still like to use balance. You don't have to use the exact same things in order to achieve balance. So I like to stand back and look at the area and think, okay, there's something tall on one side. Do I need something tall on the other? It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be the exact same thing, but uh, in order to achieve visual balance, you might want to do once again, table lamp on a table on one side, tall floor lamp on the other. There's your balance. Mm -hmm. Um, But you don't have to be balanced. (laughs) That's another thing. If you're I've had had customers that shudder if things aren't symmetrical. They're like, whoa, no, I can't, I can't do that. And then there are other people who like a different look and they're more of an individualist, I think. Um, How important is a coffee table number one. And number two, should that coffee table be accessible for the people sitting on the couch as well as chairs? Um, I have seen some rooms where the coffee table is a rectangular one and the two chairs really don't have a place to put their drink or their coffee or anything. So, Yes. So I think it's important to always have a place, a resting spot for each sitting area. So if you're in a chair, maybe you need an end table or a coffee table um, in front of you um, or to the side of you um, or even behind you. Uh, sofa tables are great if there's not enough space or you're working in an, um, an interesting space. Just if you can reach a spot to put a drink down safely, that that's great for every seat involved in a room. Um, so that being said, you may not need a coffee table. You might need an ottoman. So, because you like to put your feet up, um, mm-hmm. maybe you put your feet on the coffee table. Maybe that's not allowed, um, <laughs> depending on your household. So, if you have an ottoman, then you're going to need a table nearby uh, mm-hmm. or a, a really sturdy tray. Uh, I don't suggest that because that'll always knock over whether it's a dog's tail or your foot. Um, on an ottoman, but uh, that can be a solution. If if you're in a tight space in a small apartment, let's say in New York, you might have um, an ottoman that's leather and very sturdy that doesn't bounce around or not too squishy when you put your feet on it. And then you could have a little tray on that. And then maybe you have a tiny little drink table nearby. Um, and that's all you have for everybody's seating. If you're in a small space, sometimes those solutions work. But if you have more space than that, Having a little table nearby uh, or a coffee table that at least the sofa can reach and then having an end table between two chairs, uh, they don't need to reach that coffee table if there's a landing space for Mm -hmm. those chairs. So wherever you're sitting, there should be something nearby that you can put a drink or your phone or your laptop on or a book um, or a lamp even. Sounds good. Okay, let's move over to area rugs. Boy, have I noticed that they are all over the place. Number one, they're practical. Number two, they add color. 
I was looking for an area rug for one of my clients, and I went online, and there was 200 pages. I've only gotten to page 10, and I found (laughs) five I liked. But years ago, the whole thing was wall-to-wall carpeting. Everybody had to have that. Uh, Now it's more of a hard surface flooring, and with that, the area rug is almost a necessity. Not to say that you can't put an area rug over carpeting. Right, right. You can layer that. That's Mm -hmm. not a problem. I like to go big with area rugs. I like them to stick out behind the furniture. I, I don't like to feel like the furniture is teetering on the edge of the rug. I like them to be clustered, the furniture clustered somewhat towards the center of an area rug with a border of rugs sticking out all around. I've noticed on some home shows, when the home show is starting out, they'll have a little rug, just a tiny little rug and all this furniture kind of spilling out around it. And then as the show goes on, it seems like the budgets get a little bigger. And five years later, there's these big area rugs. And I'm thinking, you know what? I think that has to do with budget. So that being said, we all have budgets. And I could go on, rugs could be a whole podcast within itself, but as a quick overview, um, if you want to go large, if you search well enough online and go down a rabbit hole, you can find a good cheap rug that looks expensive. And the way to do that is to make sure that it's woven. It looks like somebody braided something. Mm-hmm. Um if and then maybe has a little fringe on the edge if you can stand that i've had some clients who just can't handle that fringe and like it gets in the vacuum blah 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 but if you get that cheap carpet rug that's well, let's say inexpensive let's say inexpensive inexpensive i'm yeah, sorry I like that word um, <laughs> yeah that's the um an inexpensive rug that it's shiny it looks like carpet and it has a um uh, inexpensive um, binding on the edge, the, the way they sew it on the edge. I, I can spot that a mile away. You can, I found a nine foot by 12 foot rug once for my brother who was on a major budget. I found it for a hundred dollars and it was made of, um, old denim and pieces of, um, suede that were braided together. And boy, it looked like a million bucks and people, get, he has it to this day. It's been, I don't know, seven years. And people give him compliments all the time. And we found it on Wayfair. And mm-hmm. it's you you can find inexpensive rugs. It's just the way that they're made. If you have that shiny, carpety looking one, you can tell it's very inexpensive. And those don't actually hold up that well. Um, but if you find something that's woven... You can get a good, you know, it, it looks very nice. It looks well-made. A good, expensive-looking rug can really make a room. It's, it's just you know, a great on the stuff. other end, if you get an inexpensive rug and you get tired of it in six months, you can chuck it out and get a new one. Change yes. the whole look of the room with using different colors, different accessories. That is true. That is true. I still like to stick to the ones that are a little more woven uh, looking in order to to get that really finished look that just oh, sure. looks very special. I'm not special. saying, you know, get, get the $1.98 <laughs> blue light special. So 
So you can pick up the colors uh, from your rug and your throw pillows, maybe some accessories on your coffee table. But what about the walls? Yes. So we got empty walls right now. Yes. Empty walls. So, uh, you know, I always like to go light and bright unless you're loving that moody kind of dark look. You could do a really dark accent wall with white walls surrounding and give it that oomph, that special, you know, just punch by picking the wall. And usually it's the focal wall. It's usually the one behind the sofa or that mm-hmm. the TV is on or that the, the fireplace is on. Um, you pick that one focal wall and you put a deep, dark color there. It really gives it an extra oomph. Um, I do, if you prefer more of the room, um, painted in a neutral, uh, going with the gray or the beige or something like that, or even white, you don't want to pick a bright, bright, bright white and do your trim the same color white. You do a brighter white on the trim, and then you do a slightly, you know, a a pale shade of your neutral on the wall, and it'll just give it some definition. It'll make the room feel warm and soft. Mm -hmm. Um, Better contrast. Yes. And then for your focal wall, let's just say you love pink. Okay. And this was actually, this is a true story. Um, I had a client who want, who was like, I always wanted a pink wall. I love hot pink and I'm afraid to do it. It's just so bold. And I said, well, let me tell you this, pick your favorite, pick your favorite color, pink, your favorite hot pink. And then you go, you pick a shade of it on, on that, um, color strip that you get from the paint store, you Mm -hmm. go a shade darker, or shall I say muddier? Let's imagine you added a drop of Brown or added a drop of black to it. What would it look like? It would look almost dirty. Like you took your hot pink and you made it dirty. Well, guess what? When you get it on your wall, that's going to look fantastic because if you put a solid hot pink on a wall, it is going to be shocking because it's big. It gets bigger when you use a whole wall of it. But if you muddy it up a little, it tones it down and it softens it. So dirty it up, dirty up that color and make it big on one wall. You can use hot pink, you can use red, you can use orange, yellow. You just muddy up, muddy it up a little and it still re- retains that color. It's still yellow, it's still orange, whichever color you pick, but it has uh, toned it down a bit and it softens it a bit. So. Add a a drop of brown to it, and you're good to go. Good. Well, you did mention um, an accent wall. Yes. I have to say that I do a lot of podcasts about trends, whether to follow them or not. More so than not, I have been reading articles from designers who have said, oh, the accent wall is out. And I have to remind everybody, don't listen to these people. You do what you want to do. I like accent walls. And not that you want a bright accent wall and then everything else, it has to go. It has to complement each other. But I think accent walls are good, especially if you have a room that needs some warmth, that needs some interest, needs some color. And also, if you don't want to paint and use, you can use wallpaper as an accent. You can get a textured wallpaper, or you can even put wood to give a texture on a wall. So there's many things you can do. You can even replaster it and um, give it a lot of texture when you're plastering. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. And, uh, you know, when you're doing these treatments, um, wallpaper, uh, wood accents and so forth, if you're doing a focal wall, which I agree, it's it never goes out of style when you're talking about your you're showing your own personality. I mean, there's trends. Uh, but it's never trendy. You, there's ways to make it timeless. And if you don't know how, hire a professional. But if you do know how and you and you want to go for it, those treatments can get a little pricey. So doing an accent wall saves on the budget. And um, you can pick a color out of that. Those wood tones say there's some variation on, mm-hmm. on uh, wood pieces that yeah. create a collage on the wall or, or fill the whole wall. You can pick one of those tones and do that as your paint color on the other walls. Yeah. So it all blends yeah. nicely. With the last podcast, you talked about buying furniture of quality. We've just talked about carpeting, whether you go with inexpensive or very expensive. But don't forget, people. Paint is really inexpensive. And if you don't like the paint color that you picked for your accent wall, change it. Not yep. a big deal. This is your least expensive tool in uh, designing or completing your home. I want to talk about Monogram's Intelligent Appliances right now. They're built to enhance your kitchen cuisine, and beyond. Experience peace of mind, convenience, and an optimized performance with the Smart HQ app, which elevates the way you interact with your home and appliances by allowing you to do things like preheating your oven from your phone and checking how much time remains on your dishwasher cycle. Go to monogram.com to learn more about these appliances, or you can visit your local showroom and have somebody ask, uh, have somebody show you how it works. Um, so the smart appliance, as I keep saying, is not a fad. I think it's timeless. Um, every single thing in your home is smart, including you, you guys. But the smart appliances um, have more to offer than just telling you when your dishwasher's done. As I explained in this last podcast I did, um, I was talking to the rep, and he said that the app is updated continually. And so it might throw you some really interesting recipes, or they're always updating it. So once you have an app, it's changing, whether you check on it or not. So it's useful, but don't forget, you have to buy a smart appliance so that you can use an app. You cannot buy, get the app, install the app on your phone, and hope it works on your existing refrigerator because it doesn't. That's just um, (laughs) Smart Apps 101. You know, ask somebody to help you if you're not sure. Okay, Liz, so now we got the walls, we got the coffee table, we got the furniture, the rug. I think we need some greenery in the room. Absolutely. So when you're accessorizing, and um, um, we haven't really gotten into the accessories, I can burn through that pretty quick, but... um, adding a little pop of greenery in a, in a pot or a vase. Uh, I love real plants, but sometimes we can't do, there's reasons why we can't have a real plant getting a good fake, uh, a good faux, if you'd like to say, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) I could fake plant or even dried plants or even preserved greenery. Um, it's, uh, real greenery that, uh, plants that have been treated to stay preserved. They'll last you a good, oh, two to five years maybe before they start to turn yellow, but th- those look great. Um, 
there are some good fakes out there and uh, you can find them at some of the big box stores like your crate and barrel restoration hardware, places like that. They get a little expensive, um, but you could go to a place like home goods and you just have to have a good eye. If it looks real plasticky, stay away from it. If you, if you couldn't tell when you walked up to it, Hey, that looks kind of real. And maybe it's made out of a, a fabric or something. Those usually tend to look a little better. And I stick with the green. I don't do a lot of flowers, maybe, maybe a little white, faux orchid or something might be good. Uh, but popping those into, um, a little vase on a shelf. And if there's, uh, I don't know if, uh, I can't remember the phrase spillers, thrillers, and I can't remember what it is, but when something spills over, if a plant spills out of a pot and kind of drapes down that that's just gorgeous. That just, it's just a really soft, pretty feeling. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and can really, it can it can fill up a space without cl- uh, cluttering up a shelf if it's mm-hmm. hanging down below the shelf in front of it. Well, it, it gives it. it a softer look. You know, we're talking about plants like ferns, maybe, or something that's a little softer. Mm-hmm. Not not the snake plant. We all know that, or mother-in-law's tongue. It's stiff, and I do like them in a certain spot. But we're talking about softer plants, maybe on shelves or a little bit on a table. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the. Uh, the tree, maybe you have a corner that's really empty and you need to fill it. Sometimes you can get some fake faux trees or sometimes you have to go with the real, but they seem to complete the room. Yes, yes. Well, uh, a really popular one right now is the fiddle fig. You've probably seen it in every home show, every photograph it's very trendy but you know they've because it's so trendy they've made some really good fake ones and and they look really great it's it's got a big uh wide leaf a dark green to it well even the and, real ones look fake <laughs> yeah yeah they do yeah. i mean so you, you can know get away with a fake one but you can get them in all different heights you can get them from low to the floor all the way into a tall tree and uh, those actually look great. And I also love a palm, a good feathery looking palm. It, it's the, those look good when they're fake. You can't really tell. Um, and they're hard uh, and to they, grow. Yeah, and they fill the space. They really, yeah. you know, a fake you can, one is ideal. It does. Yeah. It's more graceful than mm-hmm. the fiddle fig. Um, but they're depending on where you live. If you live in Florida and you've got a lot of humidity that you'll have a happy palm in Arizona. We find it very difficult to grow those types of plants. Absolutely. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. I saw, I saw a faux, um, a bamboo plant. Those are interesting. They're very, uh, they're full, but yet they're airy. Uh, they're contemporary. I don't think I'd use that in a traditional setting, but those are interesting. And I'd probably get a fake one before I got a real one. Those can be really good on a round table, too, if you have, um, uh, there's just something very striking about it, shooting up from the center of a round table, um, if if that table is, say, in an entryway or something like that, where it's a focal piece, mm-hmm. uh, the, a bamboo plant can look very cool, especially when they have the little curly cues. I do like to mix though. I think it's great if you have some good lighting to put real plants in the, in the well-lighted areas for them to grow. And then if you have shelves that are high up, maybe you add a pop of something faux where no one will know because it's up so high. Um, so if you have a mixture of faux plants 
and real plants in the same house, people don't really, they they notice less and Mm -hmm. they all look, they all seem like they might be real. (laughs) There are some people that can't grow anything, so they have to resort to uh, the fake ones. And if you're going to do that, yeah, spend a little money because they really make the home warm, inviting, and they just, they seem to complete the room. Mm -hmm. Succulents. Yes, yes. Oh, succulents are the best fakes. Usually those look very real. They somehow have perfected the succulents and sometimes not the more fluffy plants. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So whatever it is. Now, um, we're going to have Joe on in the next month or two, and he's the plant expert. He's going to talk about the living wall, which I love. Oh, yeah. But he talked about certain plants the last time he was here. If you're not a plant person, go for the fake or go talk to somebody who has a plant store to find out what plant will fit your, um, I guess, your talents. Because if you're not good with plants, uh, you know, then you want to get a plant that will grow no matter how much you ignore it. So there are some that you can ignore and they'll still grow. But what's worse than walking into a room and seeing a half-dead plant? <laughs> yeah. Not good. Not yeah. good. <laughs> Plants add life, so you don't want to kill them. And if you do kill them, get some advice or get a faux one. Absolutely. So we're going to talk about how to accessorize your open shelves after I talk about Studio 41. Studio 41 has showrooms that are constantly evolving. When you walk into the Studio 41 showrooms, you're wowed because they offer tons of everything from um Plumbing, um, they have a lot of Kohler items, but also a lot of other manufacturers' products. They have a lot of cabinet hardware, um, cabinetry, you name it, they have it. I mean, I love that place. Unfortunately, they have only one in Scottsdale and 13 in Illinois, and that's it. But they have a wonderful website that you can shop off. So go to studio41.com. I'm sorry. Their website is shopstudio41.com. You can go there and you can check out everything, order from the website, and then they'll ship it to you. So make sure that you check them out because they are my source exclusively for cabinet hardware and plumbing. So let's talk about those shelves. Yes. How many times have you walked into somebody's home and you just want to go over there and change the things around? in (laughs) So shelves, yes, can be a big challenge. Um, and, and even for me as a pro, I will rearrange something several times before I get it just right. So this is a great place to add color and warmth, you know, books. Get some books if you don't have books. They add a lot of warmth. Um, uh, add, add, a, add a wood element. Um, but placement, for placement, the, the key is balance. Mm-hmm. I think I got that phrase from you, actually. Um, <laughs> you know what, Liz? Everything is balanced you know, when you think about it. So, um, so what you want to do, um, if you don't know what you're doing, you have no idea what you're doing. You take all the things you have, um, and or you know, thinking about what you might want to buy or or uh, obtain, and you want to start by doing some shapes. You don't want to fill every shelf 
to the to the hilt you want to leave some blank space blank space is great actually leave some empty space here and there so let's just say you have three shelves one above the other Maybe on top, you want to do a V shape or a pyramid shape of your items. That means, you know, something tall in the middle and a few short things on either side, or maybe the opposite direction, uh, short in the middle and tall on the sides. They don't need to be the exact height uh, on the sides or, or, or whatnot. They just, you just kind of make a messy V shape or a messy pyramid shape. And um, you put that maybe off to the side a little on the top shelf. And uh, you want to cluster these things together. You don't want to space them evenly. You just kind of group them together. And then say, go down to your next shelf. Maybe do one big thing, like a pot. Maybe put some greenery hanging out of it. Then let's go down to your bottom shelf. Maybe that's kind of more at an eye level. So that's where you put your family picture frames, you know, with, um, you know, your friends and family photos, make it a little more personal. Um, and uh, so that seems a little more cluttery, right? So you start grouping them and you do some the big one in the back, medium one up front, maybe a smaller one kind of in, in between them and to the side. But cluster them a little, kind of group them together. And uh, and then maybe you do one or two off to the left side of that. Like maybe you're pushing that off to the side. So you zigzag from top to bottom on these shelves and you use clusters of things and then maybe just one individual thing. Then you could get a little crazy from there. Maybe you grab another picture frame and you pop it up top or next to that vase in the middle. Uh, but you just want to leave some empty space here and there because it really it really gives a better effect, a more balanced effect, um, and it doesn't feel cluttered. And then keep those items in from the edge. I can't handle when I see something teetering on the edge of a shelf. It just, I feel like, I used to live in San Francisco. I feel like an earthquake's going to come and everything's just going to fall off the edge. Or I'm a slightly accident prone. I'm going to brush by and I'm going to knock it off, you know? So bring them in, bring them in a few inches. Uh, I say a good four inches from the edge, stay, stay four inches away from that edge. If you can, if you, I'm saying that while I'm looking at my shelf right now and I have everything up to the edge, but it's very well balanced. It's, I have my pyramid going on and those are all the picture frames, but the top shelf things are tucked in. So I balanced it that way. Mm -hmm. So what about no color? Rules, really? What about color? Color. So this is a great place to put color in. You want to scatter it about. Uh, so let's say your favorite color is green. Um, you take something green and you make, oh, okay, so that vase we talked about, maybe that's a green vase. Maybe you have a green picture frame. Let's not make all those greens match. Let's do different shades of green. It doesn't matter. It could be a chartreuse or a lime or a, a emerald Let's do them all. Let's let's do all the greens we can that creates depth and interest when they're all the same shade of of uh, accent color. It it gets very, I don't know. Well, it gets boring. Boring it's and monochrome. Boring. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think what you're saying is have a theme. Yeah. Well, you know, and you might want to pop a couple other colors in there too. Go crazy. So we're not saying the whole rainbow. But yeah. get some colors that work with the rest of the room. And if you, exactly. And if you don't know how to do that, 
pick your favorite color, use that as your main color, use several different shades of that and mix it into your neutrals, your browns and your grays and your whites and your blacks. You mix those greens in and then you pick two more colors uh, on the opposite side of the spectrum. If you don't know what that is, go online, look at the color spectrum. What's opposite from green? It's orange. What's kind of next to that? It's red. So you pop a little orange and a little red in there, just, a, just one or two, beep, beep, and you're done. And uh, always mix them in with neutrals. Neutrals are very important, spreads it out, keeps it from being too much. These there's they're not rules. There's always exception to the rules. But if you don't know what you're doing, that's when you hire a professional. But these are some good tips and tricks to go by. If you don't know what you're doing, you these are, you know, your base is neutral and you sprinkle the color in. Well, I think you did a good job. I can't wait oh, to thanks. see that room. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it's in my mind. I can put it on paper. <laughs> well, you know, we're doing an audio podcast. If this was video, our listeners would be able to see your hands going wild while you're talking. Oh, yeah, I was getting a kick out of that. <laughs> but I want to I'm very animated. <laughs> I want to thank you for taking the time to do that. Uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed today's show. And please subscribe on the platform that you're using to listen to these podcasts. Don't forget to share them with your friends. Just think, your friends don't have the knowledge that you have after you've listened to this podcast. So share them, especially if your friends need help with their design. If you want to learn more about me, you can go to nancyhugo.com. And if you have any questions for me or for Liz, you can email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. Liz, thank you so much again for taking the time to go through this. I can't wait till our next podcast. What are we going to talk about then? I guess we'll have to come up with something. Maybe window treatments. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much, Nancy. It's always fun and always a pleasure. Appreciate it. And have a great weekend. You too. Stay safe out there. Have a great day. Bye now. Bye.